Welcome, everybody, to our second service. Did you guys have a good lunch? Oh, you guys have had that food coma thing going on now, I think. <laughs> All right, so um, welcome, everybody. For those listening on the podcast, welcome. Welcome our podcast people. Welcome. So um, as you can see, um, we're doing a little, something a little different this year. We're doing a panel discussion. Um, my name is Meryl. I'm an elder here at the church. I elder with my husband, Kevin. I don't know where he is. He's really tall. You can't miss him. So if you see him, say hi. I think he's with the kids now. Um, <laughs> I heard Dini. Yes. Um, okay, so I'll be facilitating our panel today, and I have three wonderful guests who I have with me. I have Amaris Ixtupe. I have Vanessa Romero. And then I have Cynthia Magana, our pastor here at, she at uh, Grace and Love. Welcome, guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. You're Thank so you welcome. Yeah, so I like your setup here. It's Thank really you so lovely. much. I, I worked really hard on it. Um, just you on your own? Just your me own by myself. <laughs> no. Um, so it's going to be nice and fun and casual. We're going to get to know these ladies a little more. Um, I'll throw some softball questions to you guys, you know, so make it a little easier. Um, but first, let's go around and tell us a little something about yourself and what you do. I guess I'll start. Um, I'm Amaris. People call me Ami here. Um, I play uh, percussion. I'm a percussionist here. Whoop, whoop. I serve with the kids, I'm an usher, and um, I'm a spoken word artist, too. Whoa. So, <laughs> I finally accepted that that's something I am, um, and I Amen. love it. Um, I teach Bible study, um, you see me around, everyone knows me because I have a big smile on my face all the time. Um, <laughs> so joyful, that's what I get. Um, but I love, I love that, so. Um, what don't you do? Do projectors or translation? Because ah. my Spanish is not the best. Wow, thank you, Ami. Yeah, you're welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Vanessa. Hi. Uh, my name is Vanessa Romero, and I'm from a church down the street called Restoration LA. Okay. Uh, we are located in East LA. I've been married to my husband, who is the lead elder there, Jody Romero, for 17 years. Wow. Give it up for marriage. Yeah. yeah, he makes it really easy to be married to him. Um, we have five children, three from the womb, and two we just adopted in February. Awesome. Um, and yeah, I'm just basically, well, not just, I am a mother and a lover of God's people. Amen. Awesome. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Um, I'm Cynthia Magana. I am. Um, I pastor this church with my husband, Mario. You guys all met him. He's the hottest man in this room. Ladies, don't you dare look. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, he's my husband. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been married for nine years. Sorry, not 17. <laughs> we've been married for nine years. It's been amazing. Um, I am the creative director of our church. Um, I lead our photography team, um, our social media team. Um, I teach Bible study, and um, I preach sometimes, just sometimes. <laughs> Good word. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm a wife, I'm a sister, I'm a friend, and I am happy to be here. Awesome. That's Thank good. you very much. Yay. 
So um, just a few questions to get to know you ladies a little more, and you, can, you don't have to go in order. Um, as a child, what did you imagine your adulthood would be like? Like, what did you think you'd be doing? And I know, Ami, you're barely an adult. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a doctor, I think. But because I learned very quickly, I have a weak stomach. So that was out of the door. Being a nurse was out of the door. So uh, now being a, an adult, it's scary. But, um, you know, because when I could talk to the people at my age, you guys are not that old. So. Um, like young adults, I get I get that you guys like don't know your future and stuff, and I'm totally there. Um, but yeah, I'm, yeah. Also, I probably to be like Superman, but like the girl version, so like Superwoman, <laughs> Wonder Woman, Supergirl. You know, because it's cool. You know, everyone loves superheroes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Super. I can go. Um, Oh, yeah, I wanted to be a background dancer. <laughs> I did. I, um, I, uh, I, when I was little, um, I took folklorico classes. And <laughs> Can you say that one more time? Folklorico. It's like, I don't <laughs> know, Mexican beautiful. folk dancing. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I loved it. It was awesome. Um, I used to dance at my, you know, when we had family parties. Um, I was always like the little kid dancing with the adults and always getting stepped on and tossed around. Um, so I wanted to be a background dancer, and my dad would, like, he would get really, really mad at me because he would tell me, how come you don't want to be in the front? Like, why do you aspire to be in the back? And I would tell him, Dad, I just want to be a background dancer. Like, I want people dancing to my moves. <laughs> so yeah, I think my ultimate dream in life, oh, that and to be the ultimate warrior. If you ever watched wrestling, the ultimate warrior, yeah. <laughs> Preach, I like it. Yeah. Well, I wanted, it's pretty simple. I wanted to just serve God. I know it sounds funky, but as a little girl, when I met the Lord, I just wanted to serve him. And so I wanted to be a singer for the Lord, like oh. Sandy Patty. You know who Sandy Patty is? Okay, yeah, you're way too young. Um, yes, I am. <laughs> so I just wanted to serve the Lord, yeah. Oh, that's cool, that's awesome. You put us all to shame. I'm just kidding. Thanks Sorry. a lot. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, so what are your passions in life now? Like, what are you guys passionate about? Um. I am, I'm passionate about a lot of things. I'm a very passionate person. Uh, sometimes it can be misinterpreted or sometimes I uh, miscommunicate it. But uh, I'm a very passionate person and um, honestly like my main passion right now is to share the word of God and to see God's people empowered. Um, for this conference specifically, to see women empowered. Like that's one of my main passions is to see women walking, knowing who they are and just just being fulfilled, like I think that's what my passion is, is for women to have a real confidence in themselves, not a superficial confidence, but a, a real, true, solid, holy confidence. So um, yeah, just spreading God's love, really. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, my passion um, right now is writing, uh, poet, poetry. Um, my, my time off, I graduated from Cal State Fullerton, so I have a lot of time off trying to find um, Go Titans. You said it. She always says go beach. So this is big. I'm going to a podcast, so I'm going uh, to hear oh, it no, over and over Can you edit that, please? It's going to make my day. Um, so, and then I'm trying to find a job. God's going to provide. But like in this season of rest, I'm taking it as a season of rest. I've been writing a lot and getting so excited to like 
go on rhetoric if you guys know what rhetoric is like i just, I, I like i have so many dreams of like getting on that stage where genetics does her yeah. poetry and just killing it you know um and then um a passion of um for the young generation because i have a beautiful niece um to have them know who they are in christ um and um to not be fearful especially our little girls to teach them that they could be anything they want. They could be doctors, they could be lawyers, they could be great business women. And just, I'm passionate about our younger generation. Like after having my niece for almost a year now, like I'm just loving on the, on the younger generation. I'm just so passionate about that. Even though I'm still part of the younger generation here, um, I'm just so passionate about that. Well, I am certainly passionate about God's people, like I said earlier, um, but I think I have a, a greater passion for toddler, uh, little, little boys and girls at that age. Um, I think introducing them to the Holy Spirit at an early age, it just becomes normal for them. And so we've seen generations before me and even my generation where the Holy Spirit was foreign or has been foreign to them. Um, my heart is to reveal the Holy Spirit to these children at an early age so that when they dance and they sing and they shout, it's not a big deal. Um, and um, so that's one passion I have. The other passion that I have is just loving my husband really well. Um, yeah, so he's just, he's just that, that warrior man where he needs a wife to help and to love on him. Um, the other and the last thing I'll share is just setting the captives free. Um, I've been in uh, many prisons in my life, and I've come out of uh, a lot of shackles. And I think God has uh, taken me out of those things so that I'm able to take others out of theirs. And so uh, the Lord has given me the gift of discernment. And I'm able to see people and things and where they are. And he just empowers me. And I get high on that. Um, I get a total high on that because I love seeing people set free. That's awesome. Yes. Amen. That's awesome. So I'm just going to ask one more like fun question. <laughs> um, I love worship, if you guys can't tell. Um, I get a little crazy. It, right? On the first service? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, but what worship song or songs are you guys like connecting with at the moment? And why? So I think Mara already knows this, but I'll tell you guys. How He Loves is always, has always been, and will always be my favorite worship song. Um, that's the song that God used, um, like um, our youth service. They were playing that song. They were playing that song, and um, while the song was being played, um, God touched me for the first time, and he spoke to me for the first time. So that song is 100% special to me, and will always be. I love that song. My song at the moment is Good, Good Father. Ooh. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, I've been going through this thing with him um, where he's revealing his goodness to me because my mind and my heart was never on his goodness. It was always on the problems or the issues that I have to get through, you know? There's always an issue. Uh, but now as I'm, I'm realizing through that song, even as he still ministers to me every time I hear it, uh, he just reminds me of how good he is. And so my mind and my eyes are actually open to the good things in life and laughter and friendship and joy. And so, yeah, that was, that's been the, the threshold or the, what's that door when you open, the thing that you go into something else? The doorway. Door. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for greatness and, and bigger things. Amen. Are we singing that song, by the way? Where is it? Yeah. Is that on your set list tonight? Put it on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me right now, Amanda Cook is like life. 
<laughs> her Preach. Brave New World album is so good. Um, I have three favorites from there. It's uh, Mercy, Pieces, and Heroes. <laughs> awesome. There's one line she says. She says, you taught me to dance uh, on disappointment. It just broke me. Like I was like, you really said that? Like You really just sang that right now? And just singing that over and over was, was so crazy. It was awesome. So yeah, that's like my number one. But then the other ones, that one's Heroes and then Pieces and Mercy, yeah. So good. Let's just start singing now, guys. Let me. I'm just kidding. Could. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Then you too, because you have a passion for singing. Yeah, it doesn't mean I can sing. <laughs> All right. So now I want to um, dive into your personal stories, if that's okay. Is that okay with everyone? We like to do real here at Grace and Love. Come on. All right. So um, I had Vanessa first, but you're like in the middle, so I think I'm going to skip over to Ami. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, okay, so Ami, so um, you already shared that um, our church knows you. You're a worship percussionist. You're a spoken word artist. You're someone who brings immense joy to a room. Like if you're ever in a room and then all of a sudden you feel like the atmosphere shift, it's because of Ami because she has just such a joy. Like she's never sad or like, you know, angry or anything. I don't think she owns those emotions. Um, Ask Bella about that. <laughs> that's her sister. <laughs> um, but like you said, you also recently graduated from Cal State Fullerton with a, with a bachelor's degree in kinesiology. Thank you, thank you. What are your plans for your um, career now? What are you um, I'm an aspiring occupational therapist. Um, <laughs> I wanna work with kids at OT, occupational therapy. Um, that's I love it. I did an internship and I just fell in love with what the OT was doing with the kids. And We're going to work at the same hospital one day. We are. Um, so oftentimes it can be surprising for some people to realize that the most positive and joyous people often hide some intense secrets. Um, could you take a few moments to share about um, one of your major struggles? Yeah. Um, it's taken me a while to get to the place where I could talk about it. Um, and I'm so happy that Danny's back there. He's awesome. Um, so my past is all about um, identity issues and homosexuality. Um, I fell in love with my best friend. I'm not going to say her name or anything. I just fell in love with her. Well, fell in love with her. I didn't really. I thought I did. Um, so um, at a very young age, I was playing soccer. And um, I was very athletic. I thought I was. Um, so I would um, always be very sportsy. Like I, I, I would go, go to a party and just wear some um, sweats and, the, and my jersey and I was fine. But people were like, especially like um, some family members were like, why, why don't you wear dresses? Why don't you wear makeup? You know, see like those are like the characteristics a girl's supposed to have. So I never really liked that. I mean, I'm not wearing makeup right now. I could cry and not worry about my mascara. <laughs> and I'm proud of that. Um, but growing up as a young girl, like all that pressure, it, like, it took a toll. And so I wasn't a girl. And like, I kind of was, go in my mind, I was like, okay, so if I'm not a girl, then what, you know, what am I? You know, am I in between? And um, the enemy, sneaky as a snake comes in and he, he's telling me these lies, like, you're a lesbian. Yeah, that's what you are. You're, you're attracted to girls. 
and here comes a, a well, yeah, just a, a girl, and then um, he makes those feelings of like I have a friend, but then she, I might see her different. I might see her more than a friend, and so he was just like attacking me on that, and it was very like I, now that I step back and I see my past, I, it's definitely stems from um, identity identity I did not know my identity I did not know I was a daughter of God and that I was not who the enemy was telling me but I was just so swayed on that I'm a, I'm a lesbian I'm you know I'm attractive to girls I'm, I should start you know maybe even dressing like a guy you know like I was there and I was so confused and and with a society that's pushing towards that direction it made me even more confused so um, yeah that's that's it um, in a nutshell um, so great, thank you. Ami, uh, what was it like to share your story for the first time? I shared it um, when I when Cynthia gave me the honor of um, uh, preaching at a women's service and it broke chains. Um, I was so scared to share my story because it's not something easy to come out to, you know? Um, it's, it's not easy to come out to um, saying, um, guys, or ladies, um, I'm, I dealt with this. You know, it's it's so looked upon in, in the church and 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 having like my family members look at news like saying, oh, like gay rights passed here and all that stuff and they get disgusted by it, my heart would break and I would be like, that's my past. How am I supposed to open up to, to, to my parents, to, to my grandma, to my aunt? when they're disgusted by it, when they're like, oh, that's so wrong. And in a society that is going to that, like I said, man, we need to love on these people yeah. because yeah. they are confused. The enemy is attacking our, our young generation. That's why I'm so passionate about young generation because they're growing up thinking that that's okay. And it's not, and it's not. And if you're part of that young generation or, you, or you know, whatever generation you're part of, it's not, it's not who you are. And I can't emphasize it enough, it's not who you are. You are not gay, you are not a lesbian, and all my guys, you are not gay. It's not who you are. God did not create a gay person. It, it's, yeah, praise God for that because he made you perfect. And perfect is just the way he made you. Like, I, I can't really put it in words, but if you're dealing with that, what I learned in my past is to go um, to Mario and Cynthia and Danny. You know, Danny shared his testimony in our first atmosphere, and it it hit me. I'm like, I'm not the only one. And that was big. That was big for me. And um, going to Mario and Cynthia, opening up to about, uh, about everything to them. Having leaders that love on you is something that you need. And if you don't have it, Mario and Cynthia, you know, like go to them, go to Danny. Any of our leaders here, they're just so ready to love on you. And I encourage you to seek help because if you try to do it alone, no, don't do it. It's not, it's not healthy. I think you hit on something really important. Um, our friend Misha spoke last year at She Is, and she mentioned something like um, there are two like unspeakable sins that the church like does not want to like deal with. One is homosexuality, the other one is abortion. Um, but I think it's important on how we not react to homosexuality, but how we respond to the people, and it is with love. 
you know, because like what you're saying, you know, they're, they're confused and it's an identity issue. And as the church, we should constantly be keeping our love on, amen? Like constantly, like no judgment here because like who are we to judge other people, you know? So thank you, Ami. Um, so our conference this year is entitled, She is Rooted. Um, and we, not, we, we don't want to just focus on like the struggle, but we want to also focus on how we as women can stay rooted despite all the challenges of life. So for you, Ami, um, how would you say you were able to stay rooted in God? Um, it had, I had to say it out loud. Like that was, that's just for me. I had to say, I am dealing with this God. Say it out loud, literally. God, I am dealing with homosexuality. Please help me. I had to say it and have my spirit hear it. And so how I was uh, molded by God was by opening up more and more to Danny, especially Danny, and then Mario and Cynthia. Like, I think like the key for, for, for our walk with, our, with God is to have people around you like leaders to encourage you to give you that word that you need to hear to tell you it's okay your past is a, is erased by the blood of Christ and to keep going you trust me you're gonna fail like over and over again and it's okay to fail but you fail in a maybe in a, in a little small battle but God has already won the war and I have I had to understand that and you know I've never had a boyfriend and I think that stemmed from that too. Like, am I loved? Am I worthy? And I couldn't get that answer from guys or in my past, girls. I had to get it from God. And once I understood that I am loved and I am worthy of love and to be loved, I could move forward. I could be like, no, enemy, like, shut up. It, it's, it's not true. And sorry if I said shut up. I don't know if I explained it. <laughs> we do real here, Ami. We do real, man. But I tell the enemy, like, shut up. You're, you're not right. You're, you're lying to me. And you're making me fall. But to know that I am loved and worthy and only get it from God. You know, ladies, you, you're not going to get it from a guy. You're not going to get that, that from a guy. The guy's gonna come and, guys are going to come and go. You, the only stable person that's going to love you and tell you you are worthy is God. Is your papa. Amen. Thank you, Ami. Can I can, can I ask her something? Yeah. Um, what What did you need from like a leader at that time? Like I don't know. Like, do we have any people here that are leading a church that are leaders of a church? Anyone? Just you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, can you speak on that? Like, not for us. Like, not to point at, at Mario and I, but just I just feel like um, for leaders sometimes it's so. It, it's hard to hear those things sometimes. Like you, you feel like, oh, like what do I say? Because it's not like your typical like mm-hmm. struggle that people kind of come to you with. Um, so like in a leader's perspective, like not only in a leader's perspective, but like what would like you say? Yeah, like what would you say to a leader? Like, like if you're going through this, like yeah, like what do I need from you? Um, I would just tell them like, if someone comes to you and just love on them, be there. You don't have to say anything. The, the person, and it's whatever sin, it's whatever you're dealing with, guys, ladies, um, just as a leader, and this is what I'm learning when I become a leader, because in, in my heart, I know I'm, I'm meant to, to lead. Um, but I've learned that if you, could, if you just listen 
to the person's stories, the story, it makes a big difference because loneliness is something huge, you know, um, um, being confused and all that stuff, but just to be there and, and be genuine in loving that person in that moment because they're being 100% vulnerable at that moment because typically they get rejected. You know, they're like, oh, we don't want you at this church or we don't want you in this house. You know, like as a, you know, um, your family rejects you. Um, so just loving on them and being genuine in that and being sincere and just love on them. Because when I came to you guys and when I came to Danny, I was broken. Like I was 100% broken. I, I, I didn't know my identity at all. And you guys showed like that love. And I think that's key to be there and be present be be sincere in that loving because that person needs it. That person really needs it. And this world needs it. So that's, yeah, thank you. You're so beautiful, Ami. Thank you. All right, so Miss Vanessa, it's your turn. So God has blessed you, like you said, with an amazing family. You have a loving husband. You have five kids. Did you always want a big family? Yes, I asked for five. Really? Mm -hmm. And you've got five. I got five. God answers prayers, y'all. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, but it always wasn't like that, right? Nope. So do you want to take a few moments and yeah, talk about so, your story? Yeah, for sure. So I'm the other... So there's two things, right, uh, that you talked yeah. about? And the first one was um, homosexuality, and the second one is abortion. Well, I had an abortion at the age of 16. I was in a relationship with a boy in high school, and we were involved in premarital sex, and I got pregnant. Um, but at the time, my family was highly involved in the church. My mom taught parenting classes, so you can imagine the stress that I had in my heart to disappoint my mom and then disappoint the church. And I didn't really come from a church that embraced things. They kind of just shunned things and shunned people. And um, I would say towards the legalistic side, I don't like to talk smack about the bride, I won't do that. But that's the upper gain of where I came from at that time. Um, and so the father of the boy that I was involved with um, said, hey, I'll, I'll pay for the abortion. And uh, it took me about two weeks uh, before I made the decision, because obviously knowing God, accepting Christ in my heart, and people trip out on this because people say to me, oh, so you weren't Christian then? And I'll say, oh, no, no, I, I was Christian. Well, then how could you do such a heinous act? And I would say to them, well, how do you lie against your parents? Or how do you steal against, you know, somebody else? Or how do you kiss a boy who's not yours? Or whatever it is, because in my mind, sin is sin and no sin is greater than the other. And so, um, what was my thing? I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, but anyways, so yeah, yeah, so I, it took me two weeks just to, to battle, and I didn't want to shame my parents. And at that time, I think I had, I was in cahoots with the enemy. Obviously, I was in cahoots with the enemy because I was already in a relationship before marriage. Um, but I felt isolated, which is one of the tactics of the enemy. I felt like I didn't have a voice. And I would say about a few days before I had the abortion, I broke down in, in tears. And I think it was the Holy Spirit. And I said to, to my boyfriend at the time, I said, God will take care of me no matter what. But I still went through with the abortion about two days later. 
And so with the abortion comes, of course, the regrets. Oh, I didn't make my point. My point was I disobeyed the Lord purposely. So even though you still have your parents, you still deliberately disobey them. And I deliberately disobeyed God. And kind of like the prodigal son, I came back and God received me after that. But during the time, um, it was a very, very hard, a difficult time for me because it took about maybe, I would say, 13 years, 10 to 13 years to get over it, to get over it. And the enemy just had the secret within my heart. He just, he would just take me to the side and remind me, oh, you're not worthy. Or, oh, you may be barren because you just ruined your organs. You know, things like that where I would just say no, like no. Um, and so it was, it was a difficult time because what happens when you sin, you don't realize this at the time, but after you sin, it ties you to, to things. It shackles you to certain things. So for, for me, I was shackled to the ex-boyfriend. So he would go, I would have like uh, rewind in my mind of like what happened and what we did. I mean, for 10 years into my marriage. And it wasn't until I confessed to my husband, hey, I have these like, and mind you, I'm all about exposing. I'm like the woman who exposes all things <laughs> and I'm okay with it. So at this point I said, husband, I'm having these things and I think it's because of the abortion that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this other person. And I didn't really come to that conclusion until the Lord pressed it upon my heart like, hey, I've forgiven you. Um, and, but when are you going to accept that forgiveness and when are you going to walk in freedom? And it wasn't until I confessed and I said to him, hey, I have these thoughts and I think it's connected to the abortion. Wow, that's so amazing. Thank you, Vanessa. Yeah. And I mean, just like Ami said, like speaking that out and like making it real and a reality yeah. because I mean, God already knows like what's in our heart and like what's happened to us, but like I feel like it's more for us to say it, you know what I mean, than, than healing can begin, because then, at, until then, it's like denial, right. you know. Um, so I, I imagine you shared your story, you know, um, with lots of people. What types of reactions have you received um, after sharing your story? Well, I'm gonna tell you, Christian, I get the most reactions from Christians, um, and I think this needs to change. Mm -hmm. I really do, because... Come on. Because it sucks to go into the world and say, hey, I had an abortion, and they're like, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. Are you, are you okay with that? You know, how's everything going? Whatever. But then I get into the church, oh, and you're a pastor's wife, or oh. You know, like, <laughs> so, you know, you almost feel rejected to, in a sense, from the church. Um, and it's very few people in the church that I experience that actually embrace me, and, and, and it, is, it is a selfish act. So I'm going to confess to everyone, yes, it was a selfish act. To put a boy before God is, um, he was an idol. To put my circumstance before God, that was an idol. I worshiped those circumstances and I worshiped my boyfriend above God. So yes, I was wrong. But I'm still God's daughter. And God doesn't want me suffering. In fact, God wants me to use the things that I've done to free other people from the bondages that they can still be in. And so... Um, I, I shared it, and um, yeah, I got, I got mixed, mixed reactions. Um, but I, one thing I did do, and it actually helped me heal, is I confessed to the children, my kids. They all know about Gabriel. Gabriel is my boy in heaven. And how I know that is because God always revealed the gender of my babies before I had them. Wow. And so I can't wait. Sometimes I think, oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to see Jesus. Woohoo! yeah! And I can see Gabriel just like waiting to meet me. And I know Gabriel's all about me. Gabriel's all about me preaching. Gabriel's all about me spreading the good news because he's already experienced Jesus in heaven. And so, 
And so I have my daughter here, Chloe, who's 17 now. She knows all about Gabriel. She, she knows about him and she talks about him periodically. And you know, it's not a secret in my family. It's actually, it's, when God exposes things, let me tell you, being a leader in a church, when people come to you and they confess something to you, it's because God has sent them to you because he trusts you with them. Yes. So for us to turn them away or to say, you know what, you're wrong or you can't come here, that's a bunch of nonsense. In fact, that's from the enemy because the enemy is the only one that accuses. The, on the enemy is the only one that says, hey, look at you. Hey, you didn't do this. Or hey, God, look at what they did. Uh, and so as leaders in the church and even as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to be willing to embrace all people and then let God sort things out. Yeah. Just like a father walks in the house and puts things in order, God comes in people's lives and he puts things in order. He gives identity. He frees people. He gives people strength to continue on or whatever it is that we need. See, God is not a God who condemns. Jesus is a God who accepts. He doesn't accept sin, but he accepts a person because he never rejects somebody who comes to repentance. So if you come broken to the Lord and you say, Lord, I want to turn around. I don't want to be here anymore. Please, I turn back to you. He's not going to say, oh, no, no, you can't. He's going to say, come on, come on, yes, this is what I've always wanted. And then to say, okay, now you can use me to set others free. Then you use me to set others free because I'm going to live my life for you. And that's what happens when you repent. You live your life for Christ. And so I live my life for Christ. And I'm not ashamed of my story. Yes. I'll, I'll share it from the mountaintops. Amen. I love her. I just met her today, and I love her. She is amazing. <laughs> um... I had a question. I forgot what I was going <laughs> to I forget often, so. <laughs> um, so. So, okay. So tell us how you were rooted or how you've been able to stay rooted in God throughout all of this. Oh, girl. God is wonderful. And he reminds me daily of how great he is. And I've heard the Holy Spirit earlier on. I, I have dyslexia, and so learning how to read scripture and understand it was very difficult for me. So the voice of the Lord was always there. And so just hearing his voice having a thought, him combating it with thought, my husband combating it with scripture. Um, there's just this war with, with words and with his word. So any word that we say, the word of God trumps everything. Um, and so just learning simply how to hear the word and believe the word will free you from all sorts of craziness. So trip out, I'll give you one minute. I wanna show it. Redemption. Go girl, go. Redeeming. So I, have, I, so I fell into the same trap, like many of us girls do, okay? So I didn't only have one abortion, but I fell into sin again twice after, okay? Because mind you, when you have premarital sex, you're actually doing something that married couples are supposed to be doing. It's a sacred thing. And so you're entering territory that doesn't belong to you. I'm just reminding everyone of that. I know it's, even sex is a, wrong, a bad issue to talk to about, so I'm not going to talk about Preach it. Talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so you fall into these habits, and so I got pregnant at 19, or 18, excuse me, with Jordan. And uh, I remember sitting with a woman across the table from me, a worldly woman, and she said to me, you know, you have to get an abortion. And I'm like, oh, I can't even believe I'm in this conversation with you right now, because I'm like, heck no, no way, Jose. And I just remember going home saying, just watch and see what God's gonna do. Watch and see what God's gonna do. And I'm telling you, my kid is graduating next week. He's not even going to college, he's taking a gap year. And he wants to go to South Africa to serve the poor. Wow. Oh my gosh. And yeah. I'm telling you, God has done an amazing thing with this kid. I look at him, I'm thinking, who are you? Who are you and who am I to be a woman or a mom to such an amazing young man? 
And it's God's redeeming love for me and his power and his authority in my life. I'm telling you, I have four more to go after him. And if it's up to me, they're all going to serve God. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to say, Lord, I did everything that you asked me to do. I, I taught them. I raised them. I prayed over them. I worshiped in front of them. I cried before them. They saw me in all types of, of relationship with you and how I, I was transparent throughout the whole life. And if they turn away, then that's on them. But far be it from me if any of them walk away because of me. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're such a redeemer. Thank you, God. Um, I just, I have one more question, and I hope it makes sense. Did you and your husband make a conscious decision to be as transparent in front of your kids? Because I know sometimes, I feel like, I'm not a parent, but I feel like parents, you know, you want to um, protect your children as much as possible, but like you shared your story with your children about Gabriel. Did you guys make a conscious decision to do that, or was it like natural? Yeah, I think what I, one, I, one thing I've learned about all sin or all, any of the past that, that my husband and I have gone through that wasn't honoring God, we are open and transparent. And I think, you know, when you don't make a big deal out of stuff with kids, they don't make a big deal of it either. So we talk about even the M word, like masturbation, we talk about sex, we talk about relationship. But I did tell my children, you're not, um, one rule that we do have in our house, uh, just being transparent um, and just saying to them, look, uh, because of our past, there's one rule that we're, we're setting before you guys and we expect all of you guys to live up to it which is you're not going to date until you're ready to get married. So if you're ready to get married, what do you need? A job, right? You need a calling or a future. Uh, you need to love women well, so you got to love your sister and your mama well. Um, and you got to be loved by dad, which Chloe, Kate, Chloe's case, she's very loved by dad and Mackenzie's. Um, and so it's just that thing of, yeah, we sinned. So what of it? But now we're living for the Lord, and so... You're, we expect you guys to live for the Lord and to live transparent. And there's things that they come to us that other parents would be like, what? Your kids talk to you about what? And it's just practicing, 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 loving people anyway, because your kids are people. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there's times that I'm privately crying in the room, and I'm like, Lord, I don't know. And it's hard. Parenting is very, very hard, especially when they're in the world sometimes. Yeah. But no, we're, we're transparent with everything. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Wow. I love you. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much, Vanessa. That was awesome. Your words are fire. All right, so to our fearless leader, last but not least, Cynthia. Hello. Hi. <laughs> You've had some time to, you know, prep and get focused. Get I'm ready. still like on Vanessa. <laughs> yeah. Can we just soak in Vanessa right now? Just like. Yeah, soak in Jesus. <laughs> All right, so you are our co-pastor here at Grace and Love. Um, you yeah. founded She Is. She founded She Is, y'all. This was her dream three years ago, and look where we are now. It's awesome. It's growing. You also do photography and design for our church and for other people now through your company, B Daisy Photography. So if you need something, ask. My business partner. I, I, I trained myself not to say my partner because that can sound kind of weird. My <laughs> I said it in front of somebody once and they gave me a weird look. But uh, my business partner is my sister-in-law, Belen, who I love. She's awesome. Way Belen. She's back there. Hi. <laughs> so you've always been a leader, it seems. Um, yeah. You were also the oldest child of your family. And I was too, but can you um, just speak on that, what that was like for you? <sighs> Ah, 
gosh, you know. I know. I know. Um, I think like as the oldest, sometimes you don't really have. Uh, well, for me, in my case, because I was maybe like the eldest. Well, I was like the only child for maybe like two years, um, and then my my sister was born, and um, then two years later, my other sister was born, and then two years, or I think three years after that, my other sister was born. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't really able to be like that much of a kid, which I was though, I was a big kid, but at the same time, like, you know, growing, I don't know if all cultures are like this, but in my like household culture, um, you know, it was like, take care of your sisters, watch your sisters, what are your sisters doing? Where are your sisters? How come your sister fell off the swing? And I'm like, cause she's dumb, I don't know. <laughs> like who falls off a swing? <laughs> but, um, I love my sisters. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, you know, you get blamed for certain things. So it's a little, it's, it's pressure. Um, also, you know, you have to kind of, not you, yeah, you kind of are held to the, to the responsibility of setting the example, you know, because they really do follow everything you do. Like, I remember, like, coming up with, like, the silliest things, and, like, I would, would just watch them. Okay, I'll tell you, like, a quick story. Um, I don't know why I did this. I don't know why. I just, I just don't know. I don't have any words to explain it. But I remember being like seven or I don't know, maybe like I was 10, I was probably 10. And I remember my sisters and I, we, like it's, it's, we're four girls. So like you can imagine, like we're four girls, it's a four bedroom house, but we have an aunt and an uncle who are living with us, so they get their own room, but we just have one bathroom. So it's like, you can imagine like how hectic it is. Um, so um, I remember one time we were just like fighting a lot and uh, I just brought them all into the room and I sat them on my bed and I said, hey, we're gonna make a blood pact right now that we are not gonna fight anymore because I don't wanna make my parents mad. So I, I got a piece of broken glass and we all pinched our finger with the glass and we put our blood on a, on a piece of paper and we made a blood pact to never fight again. They all followed me like, okay. I don't know why we did that, but I don't know. I had good intentions. Great yeah, great idea. Let's bleed. No. <laughs> Hopefully you guys are the same blood type. I don't know. I didn't check. <laughs> we didn't bleed on each other. We just bled on the paper. Like, yeah. Well, the anyway. last person to touch that thing. Blood is touching No, blood. it had to be blood. Like, even from then, I knew that blood was sacred and blood covered. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's kind of like what it is to be the eldest is you have to lead the example. You, you have to be aware because they, they really do do what you do. So, yeah. So how have you used your, you know, the leadership that you learned as a child in your leadership now? In blood packs. <laughs> <laughs> every, leader she, every leader here has signed a blood pact. No. <laughs> I have a vial at home. Yeah. Sorry, what was your question? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hi. <laughs> She's back. <laughs> um, what was my question? Oh, something about... <laughs> blood? <laughs> yeah. Blood, 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 blood. Um, how, so like the leadership qualities that like you've learned or, you know, developed as a child, like how do you use it now? Oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't learn anything <laughs> that I learned from my childhood. That's what I do. <laughs> um, I mean, I just, honestly, I just kind of know that I have, um, like, as a leader, you have responsibility. Um, and honestly, like, it helps me, um, this is going to sound kind of cheesy, but honestly, it's true. Like, it helps me be better because I know that, like, I have a responsibility over somebody. Like, I know that I have to, 
I have to give some of myself to someone or to many people. And um, that's really just one thing that I've taken from, you know, being the, like the eldest daughter is knowing that I'm responsible for someone else. And I've carried that in leadership and knowing that I'm responsible for like our church, for my marriage. And yeah, so yes. That's awesome. Yay for our oldest children. Woo! Okay, so um, could you take a moment to talk about your story? Because I know we're talking about leadership, but you have a special story that you want to share with all of us today. Yeah. Nice um, segue, right? Like that segue, yeah. <laughs> well, no, you know what? I, I feel like um, like God has really called, like, like to be friends with Vanessa for me, I think it was like a, like a heaven sent, like it was like ordained by God. Um, I stalked you guys on Instagram. Yeah, because she stalked <laughs> us on Instagram. <laughs> no, but because of her story, and it, it's like it's a contrast to my story. And um, just hearing Misha also last year, um, it really it really changed something in me. So my thing, my husband and I, um, my dream, like my ultimate dream in life right now, is to be a, a physical mother. Like that's my dream. Like I want to be a mom, and I want to be a good mom. Like, that's my ultimate goal. Like, you know, some people have a goal to be, like, I don't know, like a career woman or, like, you know, whatever. No, my goal is I just want to be a mother. Like, that's my goal. And um, for nine years now, or actually for eight years now, my husband and I have been trying to, to conceive a baby, and it hasn't happened. And it's been really tough to, to, to believe and to um, just remain in, in, in that promise. Um, so... Yeah, before, um, abortion was something that was so, like, how Ami said, it was, like, so, like, heinous. Like, I, I would think, like, how can a woman do that? Like, how can women, like, do that to their baby? Because I, I wasn't in such need of wanting to be a mother. I couldn't understand how a woman could throw her, her motherhood away. That's the way that I saw it. Um, but God definitely changed that mindset in me. Um, through Misha sharing last year um, about her experience and definitely like with Vanessa we were having a conversation in a car once and I was expressing this to her like but not saying that I was going through it not saying that I had that mentality anymore uh, just to clear that up <laughs> and she just said well I had an abortion and it kind of like made me sit back in my seat like that no she didn't say it like that <laughs> I don't remember how you said it <laughs> but I remember you said it and um, yeah it was um it really has um, has changed my focus, and it's 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 made me realize that we all have a struggle, and if if you guys don't personally directly relate to one of the struggles or one of the the things that that's up here, I mean you can relate to the fact that you struggle. Like we all have things that we deal with, and um, that's what I was able to learn is that we just all have we're. we're it's like you said, it's like we're all broken and we're in desperate need of our father to put us back together. And so back to the whole baby thing. <laughs> um, we've been trying to have a baby for, for eight years and it's honestly, it's been, it's been very disappointing. It's brought out a lot of ugly from us. Like I didn't know I was so ugly on the inside. Um, sometimes I can see the ugly on my outside when I have like a mess up hair day or <laughs> when my eyebrows are not on fleek. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I don't know how you would translate that in Spanish. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't know that I had so much ugly in me. And um, so this is what my ugly is. I'm gonna be like honest with you guys. Like my ugly was like, 
like I wasn't happy for women when they would like announce or put out into the world that that they were pregnant. Like um, for my sister-in-law and like my sister, like they both had babies in the same year, and to hear about that for me, it was it was really heartbreaking because I just I thought like. You know, I thought, God, like, here I am, you know, I'm serving you, I'm married, I feel like I did everything right, um, you know, like, I, I began to check off from my list everything that in my eyes I had done right to gain this gift. And so I would go through it and tell him, God, you know, I've done this, I've done that, I'm this, I'm this, I'm there, why isn't it happening for me? Like, what's wrong with me? What, what am I doing that's wrong? And... Um, so whenever like somebody would come out, it was really, really difficult for me to rejoice with them. And I feel like rejoicing with somebody when you're in pain is so difficult, but it's so worth it. Like it's, it's so worth it to do that. And um, yeah, I, I just, I saw that ugliness in me and it was difficult to work through that, to be honest. Like it didn't. I'm not gonna say like God spoke to me, the clouds opened up, and you know it was it was plucked out of my heart like in an instant. Like it, it really wasn't. I was like a, a a hater for a long time, for many years, um, and uh, it was it was just difficult. And so believing in God sometimes it's it's really really tough. It's been really really tough. And there's times where I just I feel like telling him, God, you know what, like. I just want to let go of this because it's a dream of mine. It's a dream that I feel like I've invested my whole being into. Like not just like, it's not just a physical desire, but it's like a spiritual desire of mine. Like it's, it's such a deep desire that I have. And um, for me to invest myself into this and not see it come to fruition, it hurts. It hurts really, really bad um, to to keep trying, and um, I have this thing called PCOS. It's called polycystic ovarian syndrome, and basically, I don't get my period. Um, like, I just, I don't get it. Like, I haven't gotten it in like, I don't know, I think the last time I got it was like in December. Um, but yeah, I don't get my period. I have to take hormones to, to get this. And um, it's really, really tough having this syndrome because it's honestly, it's like, it's literally fighting against you to have a baby. Like, it's literally like a nemesis. And so, um, yeah, it's, it hasn't been easy. And um, I feel like, you know, I've, I've told God, like, you know what, God, I feel like I just have all these things against me. Maybe it's not, like, it, it's not for me. Like, maybe I just need to let go of this dream because it's not happening. Maybe it's, it's I'm not meant to be a mother like that. And there's been times where I've just felt like, like telling him, you know what, God, just, uh, I'm just going to let it go. Like, it didn't happen. It's fine, and um, yeah, it's it's crazy because I've I've learned that sometimes when you dream, it's it's easier to let go of something than it is to keep holding on to it because what what happens is you become you you begin to doubt God, and you begin to doubt in His goodness because you think well I've thought God, how can you be so mean to me, like how can you be so cruel like. It's not like I'm asking you for 
something that's evil. Like, I'm asking you for something that's good. And, you know, like, I've read, like, Hannah, you know, in the Bible. Like, I've, I've tried to do, like, methods. You know, like, you try to do methods. You try to follow other formulas. And I've tried that, like, <laughs> I've, I've gotten on my knees and I've told God, okay, God, like, Hannah, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to, you know, tell you that my baby is yours. Like, my baby will be yours. And I feel like that'll fix it because it happened for Hannah. But one thing that I've learned through this is that comparison is evil, too. Like, just because it happened for somebody some way, it doesn't mean it happens for everybody that way. Like, I'm going through my own thing, you know? So um, while those stories are, are amazing and they're, um, they're encouraging, it, there's not, there isn't a formula to it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been really hard to, to continue to, to believe in it. But um, I actually want to share this. I haven't shared this with anybody. I think I've shared it with maybe two people. I think Shirley and my husband. And um, I remember God was speaking to me once, and he said, um, I was on my period this time. You know, how many of you guys hate your period? <laughs> well, I love my period. <laughs> I've never had this relationship with my period before, but honestly, like, I shout for joy when, like, I bleed. <laughs> I, am, I am really, really happy, like, especially when it happens without medication. I am so, so happy for it. And so, like, <laughs> I've shared this before, but even, like, bloatedness, I'm, like, so thankful for because, you know, it's, like, a, a symptom. Um, so there was this one time where it didn't, it, I was taking my medicine, so when you take that medicine, and co it comes on a bit tougher. Um, and so I, I, was, I was lying in bed, and I was lying like this with my feet, on, in, in, like, on my bed. And I remember my stomach was so bloated, like, Oh, my God. Like, it was just really bad. And um, I put my hands on my stomach. And I have felt my sister-in-law, Belen's. Like, I felt her stomach when she was pregnant. And it's really hard. And I felt uh, my little sister's stomach when she's pregnant. And her stomach was really hard. And so uh, my stomach felt like that. And I started just kind of lying in bed. And I, I just I started telling God, God, this is what it's like when you're pregnant, right? Like, this is how your stomach feels. And I started rubbing my stomach. Like, I'm going like this because it felt like it was up to here. <laughs> but I was, I was rubbing my stomach, and I was like, God, this is what I'm going to feel like when I'm pregnant. Like, my stomach's hard. I like this. And um, I don't know. I, I was worshiping. I just started worshiping him in bed. And um, this, this idea came into my mind. It, it was the Holy Spirit, and he said, I want you to worship me right now as, as if it's you and your baby. Like, if you and your baby are worshiping me. <laughs> I can't tell you how amazing that was. Like, there, I've never worshipped like that before. It was so incredibly amazing. Um, so I began to worship, and um, there's a song that says, um, like, I don't remember the song right now. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, there's songs where you say, like, I love you, Lord, or, like, whatever. Like, it's, like, a singular thing. Well, I was making it plural. I was saying, we love you, Lord. Like, we need you. Like, I was incorporating my baby into it. And as I kept worshiping and worshiping, I had my eyes closed. And at the foot of my bed, I saw Jesus. Like, I didn't see him, like, his actual face. But I just saw, like, a glowy light. And I saw, like, a figure of a man. And, uh. It was so amazing. He, was, he had something in his arms, and I couldn't see what it was at first. I really, like, I couldn't make it out. 
And so I, I continue to just kind of go into like my worship with him. And I just see him like just start rocking. And I said, Jesus, what are you doing? And he said, I have your baby. Like he's right here with me. And I'm taking care of him until you have him in your arms. Oh my God, that was such a huge breakthrough for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, that was that was an amazing uh, moment. And then if I can share one more thing. Um, Go, girl. <laughs> um, earlier um, into, like, when we first started to, to, try, and ha to try to have a baby, um, I remember God gave me this dream. And in the dream, I had just given birth. And um, so we were in the hospital. And I remember it was time for me to, like, breastfeed the baby. And I went to breastfeed him, um, and he, like, he made a really funny face because he didn't like my milk. And he was like, ugh, like, he made a really funny face. And I remember everybody in the hospital room was laughing, like, and I just felt like, oh, your baby's going to be really funny. And, um, and, and in that same dream, God gave me his name. Like, God gave me his name. And so, you know, just that experience with God and that dream, like those are things that have helped me through really, really dark moments. And I'll stop there because I know you have another question. <laughs> I actually wanted to pray for Cynthia just really quick. Vanessa, if you want to put your um, hand on hers, just extend your hand towards Cynthia right now. We're going to we're going to pray for her baby, her and Mario's baby. We're going to pray for their parenthood. Jesus, you are a redeemer, Lord God. You will redeem this story, Lord Jesus, and they will have as many kids as they want, Jesus. And we cannot wait to meet them. We cannot wait to meet their bundles of joy, Lord God. I pray for her womb right now, Lord God, that you would heal her womb, Lord God. I rebuke PCOS in the name of Jesus Christ. You are a healer, God. You are a healer, Lord Jesus. You are a redeemer, Lord God. You love Cynthia, Lord God. You love Mario, Lord God. Your will is for them to be parents, Lord God. We partner in prayer with their prayers, Lord God. We send it to heaven, Jesus, and we can't wait to see your miracle, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, God. We bless her. We bless her life, Lord, right now. In Jesus' name, we want to meet her baby, Lord God. Thank you so much, Jesus. Impregnate her, God. Impregnate her, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh boy, oh gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> so um, we're we're wrapping up soon, but Cynthia, if you could just talk a little bit of how you've um, continued to stay rooted, because I think your story is a little different because your situation is continuous yeah. and it's still going. So how have you been able to stay rooted in God throughout all of this? Yeah. Well, it's it's not easy. Like I've learned to just like you just have your good days and you have your bad days, and that's okay. Like, you can't punish yourself for having a bad day. Like, those happen. Um, but God is still good in those bad days. Like, that's what I've learned. And that's what I, like, when I'm at my worst, when I, when I like, when I feel like, okay, God, this isn't going to happen. I, I feel like when God gives you an experience, when you encounter God, those encounters are meant for you to carry with you. Yeah, yeah. They're, not, they're not fleeting. Like, they're not just for you to have at that moment. They're for you to carry with you forever. And so I pull at those experiences that I've had with him, like the vision that I have, the dream. Um, and I had an experience that I want to talk, I want to just share, like, in a minute. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I pull on these experiences. And, and I, you know, 
Even though sometimes I don't believe it or I have a hard time believing it, I say it anyway. I say it anyway. And that, that helps out so much. Like you have no idea how confessing something is, is, is so helpful into a situation. When, whenever I, I have doubts, I, I, I tell God, God, you're good. Even if I'm not feeling like he's good, I still tell him, okay, I don't feel like you're good though, but you're good. Like you're good though, you're still good. I don't feel it, but you're good. And um, so yeah, I just pull on those things and I, I worship him through the pain. And that's not, I'm saying that and it sounds easy. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. It takes practice. It takes a process. It takes trust. It takes not giving up. And this is, this is where I'm at. I'm at this point. <laughs> God, God gave me a promise. So what I do is I tell myself facts. Did God give you this dream? Like a literal like while you were sleeping dream? Yes. Did God give you this vision? Vision? Yes. Is God a liar? No. No, God is not a liar. So is God cruel? No. Why would God give you these dreams? Why would God give you these visions to tease you? To just kind of like fling in front of you and ha, 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 you're never going to have this. But here you, like he's not going to do that to you. He's not like that. So in those moments when I feel like that, I give myself facts. The fact is he is good. He is not a liar. He is not cruel. He gave me this, 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 and that. And that helps me through the darkest days. I don't know. I just, I believe that God is good. If he gave you the dream, if he gave you the desire, um, what I've done is I've just, I've spoken that over myself. You know, I call myself a mom in the privacy of my, of my own home. Sometimes it's slipped up here. <laughs> but um, I just, I believe God. I believe him. And yeah. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Give it up. Can you guys give a really big hand to our panelists? Thank you so much, all of you, for sharing your stories with us, for being real and vulnerable. Um, I want to end this panel now with prayer because we love prayer here at Grace and Love Church. Amen. So I'm going to have each of the panelists take turns. And if you identify with one of their stories, I want you to raise your hand. No one's going to see you. We're going to go one by one. So I'm going to have Ami pray. So if you're, um, if you're dealing with homosexuality, if that's something that you're, you're going through, I want you to raise your hand right now. Everyone's eyes, they're closed. Father, right now, I just pray that identity is given. That identity is daughter of God, daughter of the Most High King. That they are loved and worthy of love and to be loved, Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, move in their lives right now, Jesus. Let them know that they are not alone, for you are with them, Jesus. You are surrounding them, Holy Spirit. You are there, Father. Yes, God. I pray for, for chains to be broken right now at this moment. Chains of homosexuality right now be broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Oh, if you have someone in mind that is dealing with this, a friend, a brother, a sister, I, just think about them right now. Think about them right now, Lord. 
Lord, you are breaking those chains right now, Jesus. Let this society have their chains broken of confusion, Holy Spirit. Let their true identities be given right now. This world is so confused, God. There is a, a community so confused, Jesus. And they need you. Let us pray for that community, church. Let us pray because they need love. They need the real love, not a distorted version of it. They need the real love. They need it badly, church. So pray. Pray right now. This community needs love. They, they need Jesus. Oh, they need him badly. They need him badly. Oh, we place every single life in your hands, Jesus. In your time, they will know who they are. Mighty children of the holy God. Yes, Father. Thank you, Jesus. If you have experienced an abortion and you want freedom now, I want you to raise your hand. Nobody's looking, nobody cares. The only one that is paying attention to you is Jesus. And he doesn't want you suffering. He doesn't want you being condemned. He doesn't want you in prison any longer. He wants to set you free today. So I need you to open up your heart, and I want you to repeat after me. No one cares what you say. Just repeat after me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I repent, I turn to you now. And Lord, I just ask that these women now receive the love of the Father, that now they can feel an overwhelming sense of your love coming from head to toe. Holy Spirit, we receive you now. Holy Spirit, we love you. Holy Spirit, we need freedom now in Jesus' name. Father, break the chains right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, chains be broken. Be broken now in Jesus' name. Lord, we receive your love. We receive your acceptance. We receive your hugs. We receive your kisses. We receive your word. Your word is true. You are not a liar. We belong to you, and you want us free. From this day forward, we are declaring freedom. Freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name. We will not look back. We will look forward. Our children are in heaven, praising and worshiping and walking with you. We see boys and girls walking with you, and we declare your glory right now over them and over our own lives. Use us. Use us to help transform the lives of others in Jesus' name. had um, difficulty conceiving and or specifically you you have PCOS it's a very common thing if you have that or if you've had difficulty conceiving I want you to raise your hand right now okay now I want you to put that hand over your womb put that hand over your womb right now Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is here. He's going to do something in you right now. Just feel his presence. Soak it in. 
Holy Spirit, we thank you for being here. We thank you. We thank you for your promises, God. We thank you for your word, Lord. You don't lie to us. You're not a liar, God. You promise, and you, you'll keep your promises to us. I want to say one thing. I had dreams given to me, like literal dreams. If you haven't had a dream, don't feel like it's not meant for you. Ask him for a dream. I asked him for my dreams. I asked him for my visions. So if you haven't had a dream, if he hasn't given you a confirming dream, an encouraging dream, ask him for one. Ask him for one right now. God, give dreams. Send out dreams right now, Holy Spirit. That tonight, Father, they would dream about their baby girls and their baby boys, God. Send out these dreams, Lord, these confirming dreams, these moments where we can hold on to these experiences, God. Give us these encounters with you, God, that will keep our faith on you, that will keep our eyes on you, that will give us facts, God. When we doubt, we'll have facts to lean on. We have your spirit and we have these facts to lean on, God. I declare open wombs right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Open wombs. The enemy is not going to rob us of our generations. Open wombs. And I rebuke desperation. I rebuke desperation. There's no time limit. God is not on a clock. God does not have a time limit. So don't feel like it's too late. Don't feel like you're running out of time. He is a God of miracles. He is a God of impossibilities. There is no expiration date on God. There is no limitations on him. So I rebuke desperation in the name of Jesus. I minister your trust, God. I just minister your trust, Lord. I minister trust, Lord, over us, God. I minister our trust, your trust over us, God. We believe in you. We believe in you, God. Thank you. Why don't we worship right now? You can. Everyone stand up. We're going to worship right now. As one sisterhood, God brings us together for a reason. To pray for each other. To encourage one another to share our stories with one another so we know that we're not going through it alone. 